0: Howdy and welcome to Love Letters. Yes, we're back. It's a podcast about the games, shows, and movies most important to us. I'm your host, Jesse Monroe, and in this episode, I'm joined by a very special uh guest. Yes, the hot mess slash boy king has returned. He's five-tenths of dialogue options, three-fifths pop punk DJ, one-ninth hype train, eight-fourth tungsten, twelve-fifths chai from hi-fi rush, and one entirely brilliant dude. It's Whole dick fondle. I mean, sorry, Joel McDonald. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, thanks, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm glad I got that all out with minor stuttering. I fucking love that. Love that shit. I was on the train today, so obviously this podcast takes minimal, minimal research on my behalf, which is why I do it. So I'm on the train. I'm thinking the only part I really need to get right is that intro. And this is your, what, third? time on
1: i think so yeah third time
0: and i think i've i've made the joke that it's getting harder and harder to intro people who are repeat guests so i spent an hour-long trip home on the train working out what to come up with and all i came up with whole dick fondle <laughs> <laughs> and i was so happy with myself yeah
1: if nothing else that's that is uh that that legacy will live on for How sure
0: are you doing What's new?
1: Um, Not a lot. Just, uh, you know, catching up on some things. I finished that Spider-Man game. You can hear us talk about that on Dialogue Options. Jesse joined us for a little bit of a spoiler cast over there last week, Mm. which was a lot of fun. Um, But, yeah, so now I finished that. I'm just sort of like tinkering around with some stuff, watching some stuff. Um, I started watching, actually, got a hot recommendation for you. I don't know if you've watched it already or know anything about it, but I started watching Australian Epic last
0: night. Okay, do tell because I'm excited to watch this.
1: Yeah, um, so Australian Epic is like a it's like a six part, or well like an anthology series. Basically, it's like little short half hour documentaries about like different things in Australian history. Um, the first episode is about Stephen Bradbury, uh, the uh, speed ice skater who sort of basically l- lucked out and won gold medal at
0: the Olympics. Um, the definition of failing... Actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to wind that back a little bit. I'm going to say the definition of failing upwards. Look, he didn't fail upwards. He earned his way to the Olympics. Pretty good effort. He just fucked up that day and still won.
1: It's uh, honestly, and I didn't know... that. That's not even the half of it. Like, Ooh. his story is very interesting and, like, wild. Um, So it's all these different... Like, uh, there's one about Chappelle Corby. There's one about Princess Mary. There's one about... The Melbourne Star Observation Wheel, uh, which I immediately thought of you, Jesse, when that came up.
0: Um, Thought it's a dumb thing. It just yeah yeah go up
1: and then you down. I was like, all right, cool. Hey, it's uh yeah they they address that. Um, but the 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 sort of the twist of this is um it is told as a musical, so they have interviews with actual people that are involved or commentated on things or the actual people like uh, Stephen Bradbury's in his episode. Um, Princess Mary, unfortunately, not um Damn. couldn't quite get hurt. um yeah uh but they uh, uh they have these like interviews and things like that telling the story and stuff like that and then they sort of interlace them with musical numbers um and it's by um chris hansen and andrew uh, uh chris uh, andrew hansen and chris taylor from the chaser so uh it's uh they're they're sort of little baby and the cast is great really great. up michelle brazy is in it michelle as well Brazier. she's one of the main cast members yeah um, so, you know, it's good. And, uh, and I, I binge watched four episodes of the six last night and they're half an hour. They're all on iview. If you're in Australia, you can watch them on ABC iview. Um, and I recommend giving them a go cause they are a lot of fun. The Mary, <laughs> the princess Mary one's great cause it just caught me off guard and it starts and they sort of talk about princess Mary and then the, the music starts kicking in and it's, it's basically a parody of the opening of Hamilton because oh. my name is Mary Donaldson like oh it, my it writes god itself. That. yeah so
0: mm, that gets me good
1: all right it's very good it's very good so i've 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 been watching that. i've got two more episodes i'm probably going to watch them tonight but uh yeah i highly recommend uh, checking out Australian epic on abc iview all right
0: I'm good gonna times watch that this week it, it's been on my list yep. australia's got some good shows coming out like that have come out this year like I mean, I will tell everyone who will listen to watch Deadlock to shut up, watch Deadlock. If you listen yep. to the podcast, listen to the rest of the podcast, first. then go watch Deadlock. I actually want to do a Deadlock episode because uh, that was amazing. Yep. But I recently, that was made by Kate McLennan and Kate McCartney. I recently went down a bit of, did, did you not know that? No, I oh, didn't know that. God, when you watch it, it it, it is a brutal crime noir in Tasmania, but it's also very funny. Like you could tell that they had their fingerprints all over it. But I went down the rabbit hole watching like the catering show and get cracking lately. It's are so funny. They're so good. As a uh, as a Thermomix owner,
1: <laughs> um, I still very much, and, and I love my Thermomix. Don't get me wrong, but I do love that episode about the hot wet rice uh, risotto in the in the Thermomix, and it still makes me laugh a lot. Um, yeah, proud Thermomix owner, but I get
0: it. I um, introduced the show, the catering show, to a few people recently. And the first episode I decided to show them was the placenta one. The plasang, um, For <laughs> Yes. Look, for people listening, please just go on YouTube, uh, type in the catering show with a K. Because it's a very, very fun joke. Uh, there is an episode where they talk about cooking a placenta. And it actually is one of their placentas from, from their child birth and <laughs> it's a lot it's so it's so wild it's so wild. I'll say it. I uh, would need yeah. it. I'll say it.
1: <laughs> there was there's a podcast I listened to um where they had a, a like a, a, a not they have like this normal or nah segment and they had someone write in saying like is it a red flag of um uh like this person's husband was like they cooked like, up to the placenta after having their children and stuff like that, and they barbecued it. And as I was about to sit down to it, he was like, oh, this is g- great. I'm so excited. I've always wanted to try a human, and I figured this would be the best way to do it. It's like, okay, um, this person is married and has children with this person?
0: Uh, yikes. Uh, <laughs> yike a For real, though, would you eat a person? They said you could. We're getting to the heart. Probably is, not. This isn't even about a show anymore. This is just a heart-hitting interview. <laughs> you? <would? laughs>
1: I don't think I would. I don't know. I just it gives me it gives me a little bit of the ick. Mm. Like, I just, like I don't know. And then, like you said, those things like all those those like things in media where it's like you get the taste for it, and it's like, oh, am I going to become a, like a full blown cannibal? I don't know.
0: Back in the days when I was in a band with Keelan, we used to have a discussion a lot of like, we we're in a plane crash, who gets in first? And multiple times, I said him because I could make his bones into cutlery to eat everyone else <laughs> so <laughs> that's for you keels I apologize for <laughs> that. but speaking of monsters and and villains there's a show we're going to talk about here part of the uh the boys universe the boy the boy universe if you will uh V. <laughs> Gen V, yes, with uh, the newest uh, superhero show um, developed by Craig Rosenberg, Evan Goldberg, and Eric Kripke, um, obviously based on the Boys comic series, uh, based on a particular story called "We Got to Go Now." It's the third sort of show in the in the Boy universe. So we've got the Boys. And we also had Diabolical. Did you watch Diabolical at all? The animated one? I I, I yeah, Diabolical was
1: great. I really enjoyed that. It was like, yeah. It was basically the boys' version of what if and um like telling like little universe stories based around uh the boys universe and uh yeah, some really great ones. The baby one in particular was it like was good. so fucked, but great.
0: Yeah. Um it's now all on Amazon Prime, like I said, it has wrapped up, but what exactly is Gen V? Uh
1: yeah, so Gen V is a it, it's a spin-off series from The Boys, uh which is yeah, based on a comic book series. Um and I was about to say by Robert Kirkman, I got my wires crossed then. That's Invincible. That's a, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um uh but yeah, I think Eric Kripke my Eric, Eric Kripke. No, yeah. so Eric Kripke yeah, he was involved with I only found this out recently with Supernatural. He Uh, Worked on Supernatural quite a lot um, early on in the piece, and I didn't realise that. I was like, okay, cool. Um, Haven't really watched that show, but um, I was like, that's pretty neat, like good pedigree to come from. Dude, you would love that show.
0: You would love Supernatural. I used to get really into Supernatural.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's, I remember Ash watching it quite a lot and I sort of like dip my head in a little bit and I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Actually ties to the universe as well because I mean, that makes sense because in the boys, there's a a, a specific actor from one of the brothers from from Supernatural does show up as a character and does show up in Gen V as well.
0: Also, just quickly, Um, fair warning, we're going to go into full spoiler territory with the boys, oh sorry, with Gen V and probably a fair bit of the boys as well. And who knows, we may ruin some other shows for you as well.
1: Yeah, I I mean, it's hard to talk about Gen V without ruining the first, what, three seasons now of The Boys? Yeah. Um, Because it does take place sort of almost concurrent with some of the events of, uh, or like towards the end of the events of uh, the last season of The Boys. So um, because there are things that are referenced, like, again, full spoilers, like, um, someone mentions about the fact that um, Homelander, like, melts uh, Starlight up, like fan in the face, and that was like the the end of season three, which was just oh boy, Unexpected. um it's it, it's it's wild. Like this show is so again, so like it, it is known for its its gratuitous violence and adult content. I guess is probably the best way of putting it.
0: Oh, there's some cock in this one.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like I was this, like two episodes in. Yeah, there's up uh, there's some stuff that happens. um and yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's very violent. And, um, but it's also very, like, it's very sharp in its almost, um, for lack of better words, bluntly sharp in its, uh its wit and parody and sort of um, satire of not only like superheroes in general, but like um, movie production companies and big conglomerates and also politics. Like it, no topic is uh is safe.
0: You don't remind when it comes in to that, the boys in that regard. did you used to watch do you watch always sunny always sunny in Philadelphia? Oh, yeah, yeah
1: yep yep, yep. yep, yep.
0: yeah. The early the first maybe five seasons, often they would do that. They'll pick like a societal issue and they would just make it like a microcosm of that issue, uh, like you know when the gang solves the gas crisis and things like that. and uh, then it's just made up of small parts of the real life story, but they've just made it like Carly's gonna be this and then it's gonna be that. With uh, the boys and therefore Gen V, they do that and they just pick little things. So, like, there's a lot of uh, commentary about, like, the Marvel, how Marvel movies are made and the way that they're uh, marketed to people and how that flows into society. So you have that flawed effect of, like, um, oh, what's the guy who runs fast? Johnny runs fast. Um, We'll call him that for now. Oh, um, A-Train? A-Train, yeah when he recreates like yep. the Pepsi ad with, like, Kendall Jenner and stuff like that, it's so just, it's so good. But then you also get into, like, the politics. So with Gen V, there is a lot of, like, the rise of, like, Trumpism and things like that. Uh, yeah. There is an episode towards the end that's, like, uncomfortable to watch. Oh, yeah. And, like, there's, there's, mm. even, like a, there's even, like, a warning at the side of the episode, which I thought was actually quite a smart and uh, considerate touch. Cause it is a bit of a sensitive issue, but yeah, they get really into the politics. And I think with Gen V it's cool because they show the politics from the point of view of like students.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's fascinating because, um, I I mean like when this first got announced, I was like, cool, I'll take it because more of like the Gen V, uh, the, the more of the boys universe. I'm pretty interested in that. Um, I'm sure they've got a fun story to tell in that universe. I, I say fun, but, like, it's pretty bleak. Uh, this universe is pretty fucking bleak. Um, but uh, I was like, uh, it's going to be an enjoyable and, uh, just a tale with something to say. Um, and then I remember starting episode one, I was like, oh, it, it, I think it had been out for a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh, I'll sit down and watch the first episode. And the opening scene happens where our, our one of our main protagonists we follow. Marie. um I've completely blanked on her hey, Marie, yes. yeah. She's a um
0: chemokinetic control blood. Mm,
1: yeah. And unfortunately her powers come to light um at the time when she gets her first period, um, and her mum sort of goes to enter the room to sort of help her and she freaks out and basically like explodes blood daggers like so. everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's right, I'm watching a show in the boys' universe. Okay, I need to get into that mindset. I paused it for a second and was like, okay, yep, I just need to recalculate what I'm, I'm getting myself into here, and remember, okay, we can continue. Um, like,
0: I remember when this was first announced, I actually wasn't too psyched for it. Um, I loved the boys. When they said, oh, there's going to be like a new series about a bunch of sexy teenagers, I was like, ah, look, if I want to watch a show about sexy teenagers with superpowers, I'll watch later season Riverdale um <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the whole show is about it's about um godolkin university this is where the best and brightest upcoming soups go to obviously train and study and learn who they who what they need to be basically in the world but also a bit of a breeding farm for Vort to get new members and now the seven at the moment is the three Got Homeland of the deep yep. and A Train, and A Train could be in some some grief next season. They could all be in some grief yeah. next season, but it, the whole thing is like, who's going to be part of that? But then it becomes this whole whole mystery. And oddly enough, the one actor that I I knew was going to be in the show, like obviously, I hope that like Anthony Starr and stuff would be in it, uh, was Clancy yeah. Brown because Clancy Brown, Mister Krabs, of course. But I also watched him recently in uh, John Wick Four and also Dexter New Blood. He's very good in that. So when I saw his name, like, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll give this a go. I'll watch it. Again, full spoilers. He dies like episode one, and I'm shocked that I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm so invested with these characters, these actors who were relatively unknown. Every single one of them absolutely nails their part. You love them at times, you hate them at times, especially Kate. Um, you can definitely hate at times. It's so well-written. Oh, yeah. Just the boys' formula works. It continues.
1: Yeah, it really does. Um, that, And that's what I was so happy and surprised with. Because, um, yeah, I sort of, like, dragged my feet starting to watch it. And I watched, like, the first three or four episodes, I think, that were out at that time. Because um, I, I finished the first one and I was like, wow. I'm, I actually think it was, like, I was waiting. I was, like, a week before the the finale came out. And I was like, so I caught up for the finale and I just sort of like binged it in the end because yeah, I was like, oh, I forgot how addictive this universe is to be in. And it makes you feel gross and disgusting and makes you think a little bit, but also it was just it's enthralling. Like it it you just can't turn away from it. It's it's so enthralling.
0: Full credit to to the writing crew, because with all the gratuitous Cock and violence and cock violence that happens often. It'd be really easy to get kind of not so much desensitized, but bored of it, and that like that becomes the show. You know how like things like Hostel and Sword is torture porn. Sometimes you would just watch stuff for just violent action. In the show, I'm like, okay, cool. Like that violent thing happened. Okay, but I want more story. Like t- keep telling me what's going to happen because the story in this a really condemned the version of it is. Obviously they're at the school, um, uh, one character whose name I've completely forgotten, um, he rages out, he kills Clancy Brown's character, Brinkinoff, um, and it sets off this, this chain reaction of finding out what is actually happening at school. There's a place called the woods below the school where that other character, who's, I'm blanking his name, but I know that he was played by, um, oh sorry, Golden Boy, Golden Boy. Golden Boy, Golden boy and
1: then Sam was his brother, yeah.
0: brother, Do you know who played Golden Boy?
1: He looked familiar and I, I couldn't quite place it. Patrick Schwarzenegger.
0: Can you guess who his dad is? Oh, right. Okay. What the fuck, me. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, all right. And about these other um, heroes, you've got Marie, Andre, Emma, Kate, Jordan going into the woods to save um, Sam in doing so, they uncover a, a plot where they're creating a virus, uh, a, real, a real COVID, if you will, to kill all the Supes. Um, the, the new Dean of the school after Clancy Brown gets got, um, Shetty, Indira Shetty. She's got a vendetta against the soups for the, I'm not going to say the coolest reason, but one of my favorite moments in the show. So I think everyone who knows the boys universe knows the scene with Homelander, um, and uh, and Maeve in season one when they they bought the plane, and to yep. know that they had yes. real world lasting consequences, Shetty's family was killed, mm-hmm. and therefore she wants to kill all the soups And she's kind of right. Yeah, and that's it's, what makes her so yeah. a
1: cool character. It's, it's it, yeah, it's fascinating because yeah, it, it 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 does that thing that I think we've we got to uh, we got introduced to really with um like sort of uh, late. Phase Four Marvel stuff with like Killmonger and Thanos and things like that. Where it's just like, I I'm mean, you are committing genocide, but you're not wrong. Mm. Like your your general thesis is pretty on point, um, especially considering like a lot of these like a lot of these soups in in the boys universe have been. I mean, all of them have been created and been created pretty nefariously, especially all these kids that are going to this high school because they were injected at birth against their will by their parents because they wanted them. That's why they're Gen V. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um. but it's, it's such an interesting concept of like that, like turning the like child star sort of thing on its head, where it's just like, I want my child to have the best thing in life. So I'm going to inject them with fucking like
0: superpowers and and hope for the best. And to see the same attitude continue with the kids, I think shows can do social media stuff really cringy, but they do it in this, which in such a a real but depressing way. Like people use the social media as a way to communicate, and that's how majority of it yeah. used in real life. So when they do them shows, I'm like, okay, cool. But normally they take that a bit too far. In in this one, it's just like they usually communicate and they're kind of depressed by it. Like Look, we'll go through the characters one by one in a second, but uh, Emma, little cricket, the way she goes about it at the start, like her her story is really upsetting. Um, like genuinely, there's some really upsetting elements of her character.
1: She's, yeah, she
0: is absolutely my. She could be my 2023 character of the year. I love oh, her so much. So good, and like it starts off, and you think she's just
1: going to be like the comic relief sidekick, but then she sort of goes off with with Sam and then has this sort of journey and like then there's that scene in the the acting classroom with Sam towards the end that is just so fucking good like some of the best performances I've seen this year it is so believable and like the whole like juxtaposition of them being on like the stage where people are trying to show their audition pieces and stuff like that and it's it's so good. Like, and she is phenomenal. Like, just absolutely phenomenal.
0: Going back though to like the whole, you know, all the superheroes need to die, I like how this show showed that, yeah, basically all of all of them have let the power go to their head, and they are all despicable people. Even the background characters. So um, did you notice that uh the invisible guy is translucent's son? Did you caught? did you pick that up?
1: I, yeah, I I didn't until later when they sort of like pointed out. I was like, okay, that's very funny. Was that goat a person who could transform into a goat or was he just fucking a goat? I want to know that too. Is it Stella? I think her name was. Like, it's. Season two. Yeah, I want to know that too. Everyone was just kind of cool with it. Like, I mean, obviously, no king shame in that universe. So it's.
0: But like, yeah, I don't know. Joel, I'm going to draw a line here. No king shame here. Except you start fucking (laughs) animals. I'll say it. Yep. Maybe I'm a villain. That's fair. (laughs) Uh, But, like, you've also got the, uh, in one of the really kind of upsetting sequences in the the show, uh, the the telepath, who was clearly, like, sexually assaulting everybody on campus, very glad his dick blew up, and then he blew up in a dream. That was great. Uh, Yep. Uh, The fact that
1: his name was Rufus as well, was like, again, a little bit on the nose, oh my but God. like, oh, I didn't get yeah, that. Well, right? oh, no. Yeah. And yeah. Halfway through, I was like, his name's Rufus. I'm like, ah, I see what they're trying to ah, do there.
0: Done, yeah. I
1: see what they're doing.
0: Yeah. But it's it, yeah. It shows like, a bit on the nose. These supers are not, they have lost their humanity, basically. And because of how nah. these, these kids are being raised to, as like, you are better than everyone else. It's changed, and they like their their kind of social makeup is completely different to a normal teenager. I mean, look to be honest, it's been a long time since I've been a teenager. Maybe teenagers are just fucked nowadays. Who knows? All right, now I want to um have a look at the main crew, the gang, the the guardians of Gudolken, as <laughs> some would say. Now we already brought up uh, Marie Moreau, the the hemokinetic, who is our main the main character we follow throughout the show, and like you said, her powers evolve blood but they also it was weird because kept, people kept saying oh you know your powers are fascinating like this is some of the most uh, rarest powers we've seen and that person was like I mean they're cool I guess but like people just blasting yeah. lasers out of their dicks and shit like that like I do not think it was going to be that special until later in the season you find it that that's how Victoria Newman's doing her thing and she is yeah. one of the most She's like one of my favorite characters in the show and also,
1: dare I say, dare I say, diabolical characters of the show. Hello. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: And also, gets revealed that maybe Marie could rewrite a soup's DNA to change, if not cancel out their powers. So she's become She's become fascinating. What are your thoughts on Marie and some of the the foibles she gets into?
1: Um, I think she's great. It, it, it's like you said, like if, at first, her powers was like cool, she can control blood, that's like interesting, it's fun. It, visually, you can do some cool stuff with that. Um, the scene where she like saves someone's life by like putting
0: the blood back in,
1: yeah, oh. like that was very cool. I'm like, oh, that's actually a very interesting use of that power. Um, also, I like that they it could did be that very useful
0: later in the season when um Shetty gets her throat slit you know that Marie could save her. It's like a maybe. It's like, no, no, no. For a fact, she could save her and doesn't.
1: Well, someone else interferes there too, I think, as well. Well, I think she gets, yeah. Let's,
0: let's move to, to Kate. One of the more yeah. complex characters. I, I thought Kate was going to be a very nothing character, to be honest. At the start. And oh, 100% then she me became, too. So Kate uh, Dunlap, uh, she has telepathic abilities, uh, primarily in the form of tactile mind control, so she has to touch somebody. She was Luke's longtime girlfriend, then she started banging Andre, who we'll get to in a moment. Uh, she was also being used by Shetty to control some of the more powerful soups in the woods, including Sam. So there's a whole build-up mm-hmm. you find it that she's been wiping people's memories and all this other stuff, but also being used herself. So when she snaps at the end, it's like, okay, you're you're bad, and you kind of look like Ivanka Trump. But I, I kind of you were pushed and then broke. I'm not going to say what she did was right, but she she broke.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. She she sort of had her moment of like I've awoken now. Like you know, I am seeing, uh, I'm seeing clearly for for the first time in my life. And and yeah, like you you go, all right, fair enough, but also is this the right thing to be doing? Especially like she is just essentially now like another tool in what could be a Homelander's arsenal going forward as well. Like, and she just fits, she slots in really nicely next to Anthony Starr and the little boys. So like, like looks wise as a, as a Vought side of things, like they could market the shit out of
0: that. Um, You've brought up a really good point because like, Homeland is creating his own team, basically. Yeah. And could you imagine him, the blonde-haired, uh, blue-eyed superhero, with his blonde-haired, blue-eyed son, and his... Yeah, I think they're going to go with that next season.
1: Yep. Uh, yep. Okay. 100%. And I think that's why it's important that, I again, spoilers, that that's why when he shows up at the end, I think he's not there, obviously not there to help Marie and co., it's, um, yeah, it's he's more protecting. maybe they're on a scouting mission,
0: ah, that makes sense because when he's like, you know, you hurt one of your own, it's like, yeah, mate, you've done it all seasons, Homelander, you've been killing a lot of soups as well. and there's that there's that one
1: shot at the end of of Homelander watching the news report of the new uh, guardians of Godolkin, um and it's sam and and Kate. And he's sort of like, he has that – Anthony Starr is amazing at telling so much through, like, tiny facial twitches. And he you can see he's, like, proud and jealous and angry and impressed all at once at this one character. And, look, it's not going to be the
0: first time he's fallen in love with a Nazi, so well,
1: – Wow, that's very, very true, true, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, now, <laughs> Kate Dunlap was sleeping with um, Andre – who was a bit of a nothing character? He has magnetic manipulation capabilities, the magnet powers, as the kids say. And the whole the, there's a scene with his dad. Um, his dad's polarity in the ambulance was really, really, really good. But other than that, yeah, I
1: I thought the that the idea of like having that sort of like tried and true and maybe a little bit worn out storyline of like stepping into your dad's shoes and if you really actually want to do that but then also having that that extra layer to it is like oh no but if you do that your dad will be happy but he's gonna die and you're gonna die because it's obviously impacting on your health um like i love the little the things where they have that conversation with the doctors and he's talking about like Finger twitch? Do you have any, like, twi- the finger mm-hmm. twitch? And then when he uses his powers at the end to stop the helicopter, you see it, and you see his face twitch when he's talking to the doctor. It's, yeah, all these little layers and stuff that they're, that they're screwing around with is, is really, really cool. So I, I think it's, yeah, you're right. He's probably, of the characters, probably the least interesting, but I think there's still some fun stuff there to explore.
0: We mentioned before how, like, you know, these superheroes are just, like, on this godly level. God you, I guess. Um but hmm. then they forgot their humanity. But I like how, despite all their strengths, they can still have very, very human weaknesses. So he has possibly like a, a brain tumor or something like that um, from from using his yep. powers. I, I, I find that that fascinating. Another character who had has a really kind of uh, upsetting, I guess, uh, human uh, situation is is Emma Cricket. So you find that her yeah. character shrinks by purging. So her whole storyline is very much based on like uh, eating disorders and bodies of small fear and things like that. And you find it like she has a typical stage mom who pushes her and won't let her eat and doesn't want her... If she does eat a lot, she can become a giant, which was very cool. Yeah, and Her mom doesn't want her to do that. It's, I, I could watch a show just about Emma. Also, so well acted. So well acted. She could be go for- it's Amazing. Absolutely heartbreaking, too. This is the most lovable character I, I I adore her. Get it, got it, good. There's so many, like, great lines and scenes that she
1: has, like, I mean, like, it wouldn't be the boys if we don't see a dick, so,
0: um... climbs a dick like an oak tree.
1: Yeah, because, like, that's what this guy wants her to do, and she's like, okay, cool, like, I guess this is my life now sort of thing. Um And
0: that's when you first see and that she passed... That she has to purge and like because she goes to the bathroom, and I thought it was gonna be like a really like, upsetting visual. It was visually upsetting, but like a really grotesque way of transforming like a lot of blood and blah blah blah. But it was mm-hmm. just sad, it was human
1: yeah. in a way, it, it, in a really sad kind of way. It was, it, it was unfortunately probably relatable to some people, and it like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's so. To unpack all the layers of it, too, of the fact that, like, when she does that, it makes her mum happy, but it literally makes her f- look and feel small. Yeah. Like, it's it that, yeah, it's not super clever, but it's still interesting that, like, they're using that idea to sort of, as a superpower, in a way.
0: And it's not a topic that's really shown in these types of shows. Like, you know, other other, other conditions are often you i'm not i'm not going to say shown but they are used in shows like this as plot points. Yeah. This one just made her character feel really um I guess I you know for some people relatable but just really human. I, I I don't know. I I just something about her just big fan. Now somebody um who are, another character i was a big fan of Jordan Lee Jordan Lee's the best, a uh, gender shifting superhero. Uh so when Jordan is their sort of like feminine form, uh, fire energy blast, and when the masculine form, basically indestructible. Yeah. Would be probably one of the strongest superheroes in the boys universe. And I think they sort of allude to the fact that they are, um,
1: because you know, they, they obviously believe that they are worthy of that top spot in the the God U rankings. So, um, but, like, for, you know, reasons that come to light throughout the season, um, they sort of hold themselves back a little bit. Um, yeah, Wait, really I'll interesting way of fighting as well. I'll say it. Fuck Jordan's parents.
0: That seems so. Oh, 100%. Fuck him.
1: 100%, Yeah. Fuck them, hundred percent.
0: Hey, enemies of the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yep, I'll 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 die on that hill with you, hundred percent.
0: That scene um, at that um, when they're all kind of been shamed in some way by their parents, and they all sit down to with each other and just say, "Yeah, this is I killed a person. This is, I'm fucked up," and they all kind of came clean with each other. It was a really cool bonding moment, but really upsetting how they got to that point.
1: Yeah, it, it was that 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 uh, that moment in a T movie where it was like, oh, you think you've got it bad? Well, this is what I have to deal with. Well, you think I've got it bad, but it, it yeah, it felt much more natural. Even though they were talking about the fact that they had killed people before and people that they loved in a way, like it yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, that's what I love. The it, it's not. I don't want to say nuance and subtlety of it because it's not. It's very obvious and on the nose and over- banged you over the head. But I think it's done in a way that is, is like, okay, this makes sense and it's actually making me feel more connected to these characters in a way. Yeah.
0: And then we've also got um Sam, Sam Royden, who is um, Golden Boy's younger brother, sort of the catalyst for what happens in the show. And... He, he's grown up in the woods, he's been mind-controlled, he's been used and abused, and at the end, when he starts to get the uh, attention that he kind of craves, because he's never had it, but he's getting it from you know, I'm just going to say it, Trump supporters.
1: Yeah.
0: It's really upsetting, because like, that happens, where people may not believe necessarily in the, in the rhetoric, or understand the rhetoric being used, but they find home within it, because of People can play on their emotions and things like that. That was really, really well done. Ups. Yeah. Dark. Oh, yeah. And, like, because because Sam
1: is so childlike in a way because he's got – there's a lot of shit going on. The puppets. Um, the the puppets, puppets. Like, yeah, which is interesting because we've seen this before in The Boys because – Oh, um, yes, um, noir. Yeah, Um yeah, Black Noir has this very similar, like, like sequences oh, involving that. puppets. Yeah, as soon as I saw the puppets show up, I was like, huh, okay, interesting. Um, And I did see, I can't remember where I was watching, I think I was watching uh, Eric Voss talk about it on New Rockstars, how in the last episode when he does start killing people and, like, when Kate touches him and says, don't feel anything. Oh. So that alone, my God, so much to talk about there. But, like, from then on, any scenes where he's, like, dismembering people or punching holes through people, it's not puppets anymore.
0: He just doesn't care. So it's like
1: he doesn't care. It's like the, he's –
0: yeah, this,
1: this show is so fucking good. And, like, it, it, it's I was expecting, like, a fun little side spin-off story, but I was not expecting it to be so intertwined with – what's going to be going on in the main storyline as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, the boys, I, I'm not sure you'll be able to watch season three of The Boys and go to season four without watching Gen V. Um, yeah. Which, look, we'll get into that aspect in a moment. because so I do want to ask you, Just there was a cavalcade of other characters. Were there any other characters that stood out to you? Um, I mean,
1: I absolutely loathed and detested and hated them, but I think the, the person performing them was great. Um, Rufus was just absolutely fucking deplorable Mm. and you're talking about like the whole trump supporters thing at the end he's literally wearing a red cap like he's he's just fucking awful like but kudos to that before that the actor like just nailed that so well and and the writing of it just was made me just loathe him so well and it's great because it sets up that whole bait and switch with with Kate as well, because you're just like, oh, of course he fucking did it. Yeah, he's a fucking scumbag. Stonewall. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's very, very well done. Um, yeah. And I think yeah, there's this, uh, the, the fucking kid who owns the house that, like, he's like 26 years old, but he looks like a 13 year old oh and he just yeah. has, like, runs the party house. Um, I like that that was just like, he just, he hasn't been to class in like 12 years or something. And he's just still enrolled and still there just as a place for people to just, Get fucked up and uh, yeah, uh, that was really fun too. I want to
0: shout out four characters real quickly. Ashley, mm-hmm. I love that Ashley's in everything. Ashley is so good. Ashley yep. is a character that would fit into Succession, and I yes, really oh my god, it. yeah. Um, Soldier yep. Boy in Kate's dreams talking about masturbation was one of the funniest yep. things I've seen. It's so well done. Um, god,
1: Jensen Nichols. We
0: also we talked. I mean, we talked about Victoria Newman before. For getting a proper explanation of how her powers work, seeing her blow the dude's head up, uh, and also her really cavalier attitude towards like you know when her, her meeting becomes a riot and she also like ah yeah it happens. I, I I'm fascinated by that. There's, this is, she has second to Homelander the most threatening sort of aura on the show. Uh, super Bowl. Well and the thing with Victoria is too she could go either way. Yeah. I don't know
1: which way she's, because now she's got this fucking vibe, like, I don't know what she's trying to. I don't know what her end game is here. So it's yeah, I want to know more about her.
0: Is it one? Is it is it something where she could become the only superhero because she could take the poison out of her blood?
1: I mean, possibly. Yeah, like it's it. Yeah, it's. Maybe to like work on it more and refine it or, or something. I don't know, or, or whether she just wants to sacrifice herself and all the soups in order just to get fucking. Homelander out of there because
0: no, I, I don't think I don't think she would be sacrificing herself. I reckon she could just release it, kill all the soups, but take the poison out of her own blood because she has the blood powers, and then Marie could do it as well. That's why she met up with Marie. Very. Yep. Okay. Yep. She, no, I'm I'm seeing
1: what, oh, you, that'd you be, that'd so what you're. That would be so good because
0: I think in the comics, this whole the whole storyline is Homelander becomes president. I yep. would like if they had Victoria Newman take that spot and she wants to become like world president. And how would she do that? Kill all the soups. She's the only superhero who's going to stop her. That could be pretty yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, that would be interesting. And they, look, this character was a lot of fun. It was, it was maybe a bit built up for me. Tech Knight.
1: Yeah, I, I, I had the same thing too because everyone was just like, oh, he's so fucked up. He's so fucked And I'm like, yeah, he is, but like. He's a He's a dipshit. Like- <laughs>
0: When he's, like, doing his, like, world greatest detective stuff, it was pretty cool. Like, I want a Batman film where they actually do detective work. That's a whole different discussion, though. But this is (laughs) been built-up in all the articles, like, you know, Tech Knight, the one character in the boys who makes Homeland look normal and stuff like that. And yeah, okay. All right. He has sex with everything he can find. Like, all sorts of inanimate objects. Which anything that's a hole, I mean, a hole. Yeah. now if that happened in a show like Home and Away, alright weird, <laughs> unexpected weird, a bit gross but in this yeah. show where we've had a woman shrink down to climb a t- cock like, a, like an oak tree, we've seen penises explode like there's a an invisible man having sex, sex with a goat it yep. seems, you know what kind of quaint
1: yeah, I, I mean it's yeah, it's it's kind of goofy in a way i do love all the the whole puns like that's what made me laugh that's what made me love techno so much like love and that's how we got to the whole truth. like it's so fucking funny like
0: and it's so dumb when at the end of his show when he's walking past he sees that tree and he just looks at it and then he keeps walking <laughs> sorry and then just the the smash cut at the end
1: Oh yeah, like he he walks past the tree and then cuts back and they call cut and he just goes ah oh, you guys go ahead I'll be I'll catch up in a couple of minutes and then like like scampers off into the bushes like a little creepo to have, like fuck this tree it's yeah it's so dumb but yeah good old tech night
0: now I was gonna say speaking of fucking trees no I had no way to segue into the next part <laughs> this is more whipping a dead horse superhero fatigue now the boys is. A- a bit different to, you you know, your Marvels. But I, I'm interested to get your take on the wider superhero genre because I know you're a bit of a hype beast. Are yeah. you starting to feel any any superhero fatigue?
1: I think I am. I'm starting to pick and choose a little bit more. Okay. Just a little bit. I'm, I'm picking – I mean, I, I haven't watched Secret Invasion still. I watched half of it no and was has. like, ah.
0: No one has.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, I, I'm starting to sort of like see what the general consensus is based on people that I like their opinions or like trust their opinions in some way, shape, or form. Sometimes I might not necessarily agree with them, but I, I'll be like, okay, cool, I, I can give this one a miss. Mm. But the, and then when I start to feel like that fatigue coming in, I get something like Gen V, or I get like, and I know it's people have been saying it's like slow burn, but the first few episodes I think were pretty great of season two of Invincible, I'm excited, yeah. which is also. Oh my god! It's Invincible is another show that is just so fucking wild and has some amazing goddamn performances in it. Um, uh, uh, Like if you if you've never watched Invincible and you thought JK and you've watched Whiplash and you thought JK Simmons was menacing in this in that, watch Invincible. All right. So have you watched any of
0: it at Uh, all? I watched season one, but I've watched I've watched any season. Oh, season one.
1: Uh, season two, like, th- that, yeah, but I'm just saying as a general oh, yeah, to the, like, the audience out there, if you've,
0: if you've, yep. if you
1: thought, oh man, pretty menacing that, Jesus, like that last episode, <laughs> that man goes, oh god damn. All right, I'm booking you in. I'm
0: booking you in next episode we do together. We're doing Invincible. Done. I'm down for 900%. that. We'll wait for these four seasons, four episodes to drop, and uh, yep. we'll do it about both seasons. I think we'll get to Marvel moment. The boys in invincible do sort of step around the fatigue for me personally because the, they in themselves are partly in the way they're executed a result of superhero, superhero fatigue. This is a different take yeah. on that story that criticizes, or maybe not criticizes, but uh, you know looks at the current state of superhero films and makes comment about it, judges it a little bit. Yeah, so I, I can get behind it. Look like. I I want to go see, uh, Marvels. I may go see it this weekend because I've I've heard really good things about it. Loki season yep, two same. ends very well, but the hot thing as a whole was a bit yeah, whatever. Secret of Agents don't care about. Got to say, Echo looks pretty cool, and Echo looks cool because it doesn't look like it's. Well, I mean, Marvels actually come out and said it's going to be on a different it's, banner where it's not really connected to everything else. It's sort of its own thing. Yeah. It's called like Marvel Spotlight, I think it's called. I think they retroactively put uh, Werewolf by Night or whatever it was under that Marvel Spotlight, which, look, good move, because I- I'm hoping we're sort of seeing a bit of a, not, not a renaissance, we're never going to go back to, you know, peak level Marvel. That that doesn't happen. That's not going to happen again. And I kind of don't want it to happen again. I want some weird stories now. Uh, but I'm hoping we're out of the doldrums where it's like, hey, come watch Multiverse of Madness. Did you watch these 12 series of shows now on Disney Plus? No more homework for fucking movies. I don't care. I think even the way like Loki finishes, it's quite a dramatic finish and it has massive repercussions, but repercussions that are very easy to sidestep into the next film. They don't have to be mentioned because it doesn't necessarily matter for every story.
1: Yeah, they've sort of built themselves an out with Loki as well, like in some ways, um, where they can retroactively like rewrite some stuff. But as of this moment, next year we only have one MCU movie that's coming out, and that's Deadpool 3.
0: Which is barely, it's almost a Marvel spotlight. Well, is it
1: though? Because this is the thing. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be, this is going to be building up towards the Secret Wars reset point where they sort of recast everything and then start again from fresh. I I, I truly believe that that's where we're heading. Um, And it may not have always been the plan, but I think now I think that is the plan. Um, And Deadpool 3, you can start to introduce those sort of things and get a little bit weird with it because it's the type of movie we kind of expect that. but I mean, you just—it it seems like every second week there's a fucking article that's like such and such is going to be in Deadpool three. It's like, well, who's not in this movie at this stage?
0: I I, I don't think they're going to go that way because doing the whole recast, you know, it's very comic booky. But to have that work with a general audience is tricky. Having that message come across in a fourth wall breaking comedy is—I I, I don't think it will work. I, I, look, I think this is
1: where they're going to start playing with the idea and introducing it to the wider audience. And then I think Secret Wars is where, um, is where you're going to get the payoff of that, I, I, where people are more comfortable and, and and more attuned to it. I
0: think Deadpool 3 would be good. I honestly think it'd actually be quite inconsequential to the wider MCU. It, it's a toy box of a film. It's going to be like um, uh, No Way Home, where it's like, okay, cool. I get to see all these characters again. All right. That was fun. That's it. I, I, mm. I I'm hoping it's that. If they one of the things that killed superhero films for me is the theories that are like formate online and then become like if it's not this, I'll hate it kind of thing. That the internet has. And I think if Deadpool three goes too far with it, it's like, oh yeah, what Hugh Jackman can come back for four Wolverine films? It's gonna be the best. And Patrick Stewart is gonna come back. Like it, it's not gonna happen. no no
1: i i think you're right like those those people that do take those theories and stuff to their bunch of yeah but i do love the speculation and i do love like the the base levels like i love people like kind of funny and new rock stars who do like they just like sort of touch on different things and go wouldn't it be cool to see this and you go oh that would actually be kind of neat it's not like if this doesn't happen i'm I'm going to fucking send angry emails and death threats. Like, it's, yeah, it's not that. It's just, like, fun. When you're sitting down with your mates talking about it, it's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if this happened?
0: Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Oh, man, I'd love to see that happen. I miss that so much. I used to have, you know, I I have friends I used to do that with all the time. But, yeah, just that clickbait cycle, I don't know. I think it's going to be really, really um, kind of bitter towards that clickbait cycle of, like, e- even today with the Game Wards nominees being announced and then people getting so mad about this game should have been nominated this game shouldn't have been nominated blah blah, blah. and then er- you know, the whole internet gets mad and then everyone posts their articles about it. it's like just stop this used to be fun this is why i can't talk uh, you know to people about um star wars anymore i used to like them with like cool theories for new films and like how i would know how would you redo these films? Not in a because I hate them, they shouldn't exist, cancel it all. But it's like, no, what's some cool shit you could do with that? I love, you know, loving the film, paying respect to it, but how else could that story have been told? You can't have those constructive conversations about big franchise media anymore. And It kind of sucks. And then when you take that part away from it, the consumerism part of it is so bare. You've taken away the fun and you see it for what it is, and it kills it. That's why Star Wars does barely anything for me anymore. Marvel does barely anything for me anymore. And I'm kind of glad I don't do a video game-centric podcast anymore because I couldn't do it anymore. Because it just is
1: Nah. See, here's the thing: you do it, but you just talk about the shit that you like. Yeah, that's true. That's how that's that's all we've yeah, done. I, that's all
0: we've done for like six and a half years. Is, just talk this about this shit that we like. Guys. And this is why I said love letters. because yep. like I'm, I'm so sick of talking about like yeah. negative shit. Just talk about stuff we, we goddamn love, because love is the greatest superpower. Speaking of superpowers, what a segue, Joel. What superpower would you want?
1: Teleportation.
0: Ooh, go on. Do tell why. Yeah,
1: I'd just be to like like to be able to travel places, like just to be like. And if it's like if they're going to introduce the whole bullshit rules, I was like, well, there has to be a place that you've been before. I'm like, cool, I can go back to Japan anytime I fucking All want. Right.
0: I'm like, not going to be the person that says you have to have been there before because in why fuck you why? <laughs> I I know, but hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Spend a Saturday on Google Earth and you'll be fine. <laughs> if the if
1: the rules when I, be, I obtain these superpowers that that is the rule set that I I have like a uh, you know taken on, then yeah, it doesn't matter. I could. go go anywhere i want i could finally just be like and i and perfect world it'd be like i could go anywhere i want if i had if i'm holding someone's hand i could take them with me with little to no repercussions um you could just say, i
0: don't oh, know this is your your fiction you could say no you could point. say no repercussions. <laughs> No repercussions. You've, you've, maybe some it's like what So if you run real fast and they hit a bug they just explode like
1: it's it's yeah I'm 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 so ingrained in like having to be like no oh, but you've got to have a character flaw like it's um I don't have to here it's no. fine I got plenty of other character flaws I don't have to worry about my superpower
0: um <laughs> so I can teleport uh, anywhere but I have poor internet connection <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly
1: right yeah at all points uh that would actually drive me insane but yeah I I could be like cool all right grab my wife and my son's hand and be like cool we're going fucking Disneyland today and just teleport into the park and be like, I'm here. Like, as if I wouldn't do that. I'd be able to do cool shit with my – and I wouldn't use it for – I wouldn't be like fucking robbing banks and stuff like that. Like I'm not not creeping on people or anything like that. Like, I'm literally just being like, I just want to be able to wake up on a Saturday morning and be like, I feel like going to Disneyland today or I feel like going to
0: fucking Mount Fuji today. Like, why not? Can I just draw a line between – being a teleportation pervert and being a cool bank robber because I fully support the, Don't be a pervert. Hey, love letters note for all the listeners out there. Don't be a pervert. But if you can teleport, rob banks and remember your old I friend, mean, yeah. Jesse. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: I probably, I probably, I do it, maybe a little bit of theft, maybe just a little bit of theft from people who,
0: I, I'd rob and hoard that shit. But keep for yourself because you need money to go to Disneyland. I,
1: yeah, I'm the poor person. Yeah, rob from the rich and give to the poor, am <laughs> me.
0: That's me. I think yeah. for me, I'll, I'll choose like shape-shifting.
1: But nice. I can become
0: different people because I can commit. I can, I can rob banks. I can just walk in there as a security guard, take the money. But also, in yep. my head, shape-shifting is becoming whatever you want. So, you know, I sneak in there. I'm like, oh, no, I don't have a wheelbarrow. Turn into a wheelbarrow. Fill me up with money. Walk me out of there. I'll be able to turn <laughs> to whatever I want at any time. I it, I like that. Like, um, yeah. Oh, what's what's it called in Call of Duty where you have to uh, you you're like an object? Oh, prop prop yeah, I was like prop I Yeah, my life to be yeah, prop yeah. hunt Okay, I want to become like a oh my God. A, a tree, <laughs> like a mountain.
1: It's just like I was, what what they like like go to hang out with you one day, and I'm just like oh he said he was gonna be here, and I just he's like <laughs> coming from like a fucking trash can or something over on the that side. That could just, just be me like, now.
0: I thought you. Gonna say, I thought, <gasps> that, that's very I thought you were gonna say he said he was gonna be here, and then you hear like a buzzing. It's like I said I would be oh, here.
1: Okay, that is a hundred percent what I can see you doing. And that. then you're yes. like,
0: oh, Jesse's turned into a, into a bee, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm a drop of honey on the bee's leg. Oh my god, you get you like <laughs> molecular, cellular level shit. Yeah, okay. yeah. This is my quantum mania. <laughs>
1: That, okay. Okay. Beat, I'd watch beat that. Beat the shit out of Kang. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Now we did have a bit of a cliffhanger ending of uh of Gen V. So the the Guardians of Kadolkin uh take over the school. There's a fight that ensues. Marie blows Kate's arm clean off. Homelander comes down, blast her in the chest with laser beams, and they wake up in a white room with no doors, no windows. It's uh. Andre, uh Marie, Jordan, Kate's not there is she. So Kate and Sam is No. There. Yeah, it's Marie, Andre and and Jordan who wake up in this room. Oh, and um and uh, Emma. Emma as well. Yeah. Very very vague as to what could happen next season, but what do you want next season? Uh I'm not I'm not I I just
1: want I just want a more fun story. I want it to keep me guessing. Like that's what I, that's what I like about the boys, I like just be like finishing the episode, just be like, fuck, oh my God, I can't wait to see where this is going. Um, and I just, I enjoy that, that sort of nature of it. Um, fun fact though, I did, again, I'm taking all my shit from New Rockstars. Eric Voss is the man. Um, he was pointing out the fact that that room that they're at, at the end, li- very similar, set up and designed to the one that Maeve was in when Homelander was keeping her prisoner at the tower at the seven mm-hmm. at seven tower Vault tower and i was like it, it looks like a slightly different version and a slightly more subterranean version of it um so yeah there's 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 that um but yeah i just want more I, I i don't necessarily want it to be super more intrinsically linked linked with the boys but like i like having those fun parallels where it's like this story is being told at the same time um a- a- as we're going along and maybe Uh, it would be cool at one point to get sort of like a season that was just like the boys and Gen V sort of mixed together in a way. Like, So it was like you see from different perspectives uh, of the one particular event happening. That's
0: going to be really interesting because there's so many ways where the ending of, of season one could tie in with season four of the boys. But then, you know, by the time season four of the boys ends, how intrinsically linked are they going to be? Because are, are we going from show to show in order to keep with this one narrative thread? That wouldn't work. It needs to kind of break off again, uh, in true. order yep. to, for it to be its own its own beast. I, I it, they might be able to do they might be able to do what they they obviously
1: were trying to do with um, Book of Boba Fett and have that Mandalorian part in the middle. Oh, of Oh, you it. mean
0: fuck up and be like, like fuck up completely? Yeah. yeah, maybe.
1: But they they want to do that, but actually do it right. And actually, have it's like, oh, there's actually meaningful characters around across the whole thing, and they're telling a decent storyline
0: where this actually is warranted. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. If you're yeah. going to do that, sure, whatever. But then I demand to have the Andor equivalent come out, and it's <laughs> going to be called Cricket, and it's just about oh Emma's leading revolution. <laughs> yep. I will sacrifice the boys' engine Gen V for an eight-part series called Cricket. Cricket and Starlight are up,
1: teaming up together. Like, I, I, I watched that. I watched that.
0: Big thumbs yeah, up. I'll be in for that. Um, now, obviously, when season two comes out, we'll we'll come back and we'll discuss it further. Maybe we'll even do an episode that actually focuses on the boys soon as well. But John McDonald, in three words, sum up your relationship and feelings towards Gen V. Oh, um. Skins with superpowers. All out, and
1: that is that's, correct. Yeah, yeah, superpowers, one word. Um, and I, I'm, I'm twisting rules here. But, yeah, it, it, it is, like, it, that's what I felt. That's what I was expecting going into it, but it delivered a whole lot yeah. more as well. But but at the base level, if I had to give, like, a, th- a three-word pitch to it and what, what I feel about it and why I like it so much, um, I think that's probably the best way to describe it.
0: Brilliant. Now... Do you have anything to plug? Where can people find you? All that sort of good stuff.
1: Uh, Well, yes, I am on uh, part of the Dialogue Options podcast with my good friend, our good friend, Kyra Morrison. Um, We do a weekly show about video games, and like I sort of alluded to before, we generally just talk about shit that we like. Um, We we made a very conscious decision a little while ago when we sort of steered away from new stuff a lot, where we were just like, we're just going to talk about shit that we like and games that we're playing that we're really enjoying. Um, so if you just want to hear, like, two straight white dudes just being like, fucking, how could Spider-Man, or three in, in this case, because, you know, Jesse was with us as well, just be like, fucking, how could Spider-Man? It's so fucking good. It's like, good. It's a good video game. Like, And just talking about how much fun we have with it. We still have, like, you know, criticisms and things like that of, of, of things. It's usually from, probably from Kyron or Jesse or anyone else that isn't me. It's very, <laughs> I, am, I am the eternal optimist i guess of the of the of the group but yeah if you want to listen to us dialogue options across everything we are a part of the story mode network very much appreciated and very very happy to be here as well so
0: joel if you're a hype train i'm occasionally the couch on the tracks (laughs) 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 i'm not going to stop you
1: but i'll slow you down It's fine. I need that sometimes. Otherwise, I'll just, like, fucking take off into space or some shit.
0: Now, like Joel said, you can find dialogue options on Spotify, iTunes, all good podcasting platforms. So, make sure you subscribe, give them a review, and tell your friends about them. And while you're there, obviously, tell them about this show. What are you doing? Why aren't you telling them right now? Jump on your socials and tell them to follow... At love letters shows on threads and Instagram, or if you're a nasty little freak and you're still on Twitter, at love underscore letters pod. Also, there's another show I do. That's right, I am prolific. The Falcon, a footy podcast at Falcon Footy Pod. Please go give us some, some support there. We have just, we're, it's a show that talks about AFL football. I know, wild, what a concept. We are currently doing our Team focus episode. We just did our first one. Adelaide, if you if you could believe it, we're going alphabetically. And this week we're talking Brisbane lined with our good friend Lorne Gibbs. It's going to get weird. Uh really super casual. You don't have to be you don't have to be a massive AFL fan to uh to get something out of it. So please give us a listen, give us a follow, and uh give us a shot. But with that, Joel, thank you very much for talking about Gen V with me. Always a pleasure to have you on, and you're always welcome uh, to I, I, look.
1: I love being on this show. I genuinely love listening to this show as well. It's it's just a fun, it's, it's a fun concept. Again, I just like talking about shit that I like. It's it's good. It's just fun to sit down and talk with someone else that likes that as well, and just be like, oh, how good was that?
0: You know, and what we liked about it. So
1: yeah, happy to be here anytime.
0: Done and done. We'll get you on a few more listeners i hope you are watching gen v i hope you liked it i hope you're watching the boys i hope you liked it and if you haven't i know a lot of people didn't watch diabolical it is a good time so give that a shot as well but until next week be cool be the best you could be and we'll catch you then bye, bye. Sorry, sorry i'm gonna keep that in joel just smacked his microphone i just absolutely just up fucking fucking whipped it I tried to wave and just fucking KO'd my microphone. Bye.